Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Und läuft dann in Keeper Freisel rein. Iredale vollendet. 4 zu 0. Beste. Ball kommt in die Mitte. Und zu Kleindienst. Kleindienst. Güter. Linke Seite ist blank. Vielleicht. Ja, vielleicht. Vielleicht zieht er ihn in Salazar. Tor. Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of the 2023-24 season of the Sweden Bundesliga podcast. I'm your host Matthew Karagic and it's a pleasure to have your company from wherever you are listening to around the world. It's been six or so weeks since we last convened and a lot has happened during that time. We know the 18 sides who will be competing in this season's tournament. The question will be who will be going up and who will be going down. Now, normally, I would introduce a co-host who would be joining me on this voyage through all the carnage of the Sweden Bundesliga. However, if you may or may not have heard the news, uh, Eva will not be joining us for the start of the season. Uh, she has decided to take some time away from the podcast, and uh, we wish her nothing but the best. So today, it will just be myself, uh, but throughout the season, um, just for clarity, there will be co-hosts alongside with me, and hopefully some exciting opportunities as well. So, let's get underway with the opening game of the Sweden Bundesliga season. That is Hamburger SV and FC Schalke 04. Just like they did two seasons ago, these two went head-to-head in the opening game of the season at the Volkspark-Stadion. Hamburg, well, this is the sixth attempt of them trying to get out of the league. They were close once again, making it to the relegation playoffs. And once again, they were beaten. Instead of it being 2-1, they were beaten 6-1 by Valve Stuttgart. They made a few signings during the window, the biggest one being Emmanuel Ferrai from Eintracht Braunschweig, who was mightily impressive last season, as well as Evan Ustinali, who is a Hamburg junior, and most notably, besides being a very good footballer, his grandfather was the great Uwe Zeller. They've also added some defensive pieces like Ignaz van den Bremt, uh, as well as Guillermo Ramos and Dennis Hadzukanovic. I will get that one right. Hadzukanovic comes from Rostov. They were hoping to get uh, Samsonov, the Albanian under-21 international, uh, but they were unable to do so during the window. Some of the outgoing Sonny Kittel was on his way to Poland. Uh, Maximilian Raw made that uh, loan deal with Paderborn a permanent. Philip Bilbeer also joins him uh, to to play for Paderborn this season. Schalke, on the other hand, well, their goal is simple. It is a quick ascension. They've become a bit of a yo-yo club at the point. They will be hoping that they will only be here for one season. The main gets here are Ron Schallenberg from Paderborn, as well as... Goalkeeper Marius Muller and Lino Templeman joins from Freiburg. He was with Nuremberg last season out. Obviously, when it comes through with relegation, you lose some of your key players. Most notably, Rodrigo Zalazar is in Braga and Marius Bulter heading to Hoffenheim. Tom Kraus also leaving. He was on loan from RB Leipzig. He joins Mainz as well. It's a really fascinating dynamic, this one. Both teams have the exact same goal. And it should make for a really interesting contest. We know how Hamburg want to play. They want to be ball dominant. They want to control the tempo of the game. They want, you know, they're okay with recycling the play. But where they get in trouble is when teams decide to sit deep. I doubt Schalke are going to play that way. To be honest, they still haven't really figured that out. 
Um, much like when uh, with the Women's World Cup on watching the Matildas, one of the biggest problems the Matildas have is when teams sit deep in the low block and they ask the question, how are you going to play through us? And if you watch the Australia versus Ireland first game of that World Cup, you saw how difficult Australia found it to play through that strong defensive unit. As I said before, don't expect Schalke to do that, but as the season progresses, they're going to play teams that will play loaded up and play five at the back and make them do something that they haven't been able to do under Tim Volta, which is find a solution through those through those um, dynamics. It should be a really entertaining game. I'm looking forward to it. I think Hamburg will win the opening game uh, as they did last time. They won 3-1 and I don't expect anything different. The one thing to keep an eye on with Schalke is... They're very vulnerable early in the season. The last time they were in the Spider Bundesliga two seasons ago, they had trouble with certain teams. They didn't look comfortable. We saw that 4-1 defeat at Jan Regensburg, uh, the 4-3 home defeat to Hansa Rostock. Like They are going to be vulnerable throughout the early part of the season. And teams that are ready and, and understand that for Schalke, they have to go up immediately. They can ill afford to, to, to stagnate. That's when they can get beat, and and it you know even though it's you know their first two games are Hamburg and Kaiserslautern, two very tricky opponents, it wouldn't come as a surprise if they do start a bit slower, slower, especially with that new midfield group uh, trying to get up and running. To the other team that was relegated from the Bundesliga last season, that's Hertha BSC. Uh, they will be making the journey to Dusseldorf when uh, Fortuna hosts the top Spieler of Match Day One. Hertha, it was, well, disappointing might be the understatement, but it was good if you enjoyed lots of drama. Uh, they were in the news for all the wrong reasons throughout the season with uh, the stuff with um, Lars Vinhorst and the 7-7 Partners Group and um, the relegation, of course, that comes with it. Freddie Bobic resigning. And, and then to start this season, they were hoping for a little less... Carnage, but uh, one of their new signings, Marius Gersbeck, who joined from Karlsruhe, he started started his career with Hertha. Uh, he was uh, suspended until further notice um, after being involved in an incident with a patron that left him um, left that particular patron needing to go to hospital for treatment. Um, he also broke team curfew whilst that happened, um, so it's unlikely we might see him for a while. They still have good goalkeeping in Oliver Christensen, but they've also got Tiak Ernst as well. If they uh, need to call upon him, should Christensen get a move elsewhere, they have looked towards bringing in experience. Tony Leisner has played with Union Hamburg. Um, you know he understands the division quite well. He'll bring a little bit of defensive stability. Don't think his stint at Hamburg was particularly strong, which is why he ended up in Belgium. But um, yeah, look, we'll see how that goes. They also add Jeremy Dudziak, again, someone with a lot of experience, but it seems like he's going to play a bit out of position um, from talking with people who, who, who have the know with Herter. It's likely he's going to play left-back for the start of the season. Uh, he hasn't done that since he played at St. Pauli at least four years ago, so it will be interesting to see how that works. Uh, one player that I'm very excited to see play for them is Fabian Riza. He was fantastic for Kiel last season with 10 goals and 11 assists. He's a very talented player on that left-hand side. If Paul Dardo decides to play with a five-man midfield with a three at the back, he's more than capable of being that box-to-box -box winger. He's very good at, at, at tracking back. He's 
very good at the defense. He's become a lot better at the defensive end of of the um, of the pitch. But once they get into the final third, he's extremely dangerous. So it's a good opportunity for them. They've got this game, and then they play Wiesbaden on Friday night um, before the Pokal. So they've got some interesting. Um, they're an interesting team. I don't think they're a promotion candidate at the moment. The squad for me feels a bit incomplete. Still plenty of time with the window remaining um, to shore those things up, but they're a very young team. You know, you've got Marlon Dardai, you've got uh, Pascal Clemens, uh, Martin Winkler as well. They're going to be very inexperienced in a lot of areas. It's going to take time. You're going to have to be patient with Herta. Fortuna, it's been a very quiet su- summer for them. They've lost a lot of key contributors like guys like Ruven Hennings, uh, uh, Mikhail Karbovnik, who we suspect will be in the Svita Bundesliga, whether it's Hamburg or Schalke. It seems at the moment it's going to be Hamburg, but again, it's all speculation. Uh, David Kovnatsky went to Werder Bremen on a free, and they haven't really added a lot of pieces. Uh, you know, Yannick Engelhardt and Vincent Vermey, uh, both from Freiburg's Vire, both seeking opportunities at a first-team level. Um, you know, it's actually going to be quite interesting to see how they fit. Engelhardt is going to be very interchangeable with guys like Marcel Sabotka, um, Aotanaka, you know, Apple Camp, if they choose to play him in a deeper role as an eight, they can also play him as a 10 or out wide on the right. Um, you know, and Vermeer, I would say he's probably more likely to play a lot more games with Daniel Ginsek, who is typically a bit unreliable with his body. Um, so we could see him. It seems like they're going to play a 4-3-3 again. It worked quite well with them. Um, but we'll see how that, that fix works. Um, defensively, it's with Christoph Clarago and Darmstadt, they're they're not as strong. They'll be hoping that Jordi Device can be a bit better than he was last season. Uh, he had that great half a season um, two seasons ago uh, when he came in on loan from QPR at, at the start of the, the, the uh, Daniel Tune era. And he'll want to recapture that form alongside Andre Hoffman. I think this will be a really good game to watch. Um, the pressure is on Hertha, even though it's a it's a Fortuna home game. There's the expectation that at least they're going to get off to a good start. They didn't, you know, fans didn't get to watch a lot of excitement last season. And um, I think this is a really good choice of game to have as the as the top spiel. Like you have a team that believes that they can build on the fourth place position they had last season. Um, you know, and you have a herder side that's going to be young, they're going to be hungry, uh, and they want to showcase that as a football club, they're not in disarray as they've shown in the last 12 months. And the last major game for mine anyway, as one of the top three games, is going to be Kaiserslautern and St. Pauli. This is a Saturday afternoon game at the Fritz Walter Stadion. Kaiserslautern finished last season in ninth. St. Pauli despite all the carnage throughout their campaign, was was able to finish in fifth place. Fabian Hutzler did an incredible job to turn a side that was 15th at the uh, at the winter break into a side that just looked incredible, winning 10 of the first, you know, winning their first 10 games on the bounce. And um, they look like they could be a team that's consolidating and maybe a team that we should look forward to in the promotion race. They haven't done a whole lot in the in the window, but they feel very comfortable with the squad they've got. The big signing for them, for mine anyway, was Risa, was being able to make the, the loan deal for Carol Metz, a permanent one from Zurich. 
He really stabilized that defense with Eric Smith and Yakov Medic. They worked terrifically as a trio. And they were the best defensive unit in the Rookwinder for a reason. And having him in that mix made a whole lot of difference. They also bring Hulk Val, who was the captain of Holstein Kiel, a very good ball-playing defender, someone who can easily fit in that back three. And it's going to be fascinating how Hertzler lines up the team because they've got a lot of good competition in big areas and fixing that um, defensive unit that Hertzler has done over the past six months and now having a full preseason as well. They're going to be really hard to break down. I like the way they're set up. Obviously, losing Lent Pacarada on the left was was quite difficult. Philip True, for me, is ahead of, of Lars Ritzka. But again, we don't really know how they're going to set up, but I've seen True a lot more in the preseason games. They've also brought in Andreas Albers, to uh, an experienced fighter Bundesliga player with plenty of goal-scoring nows. Um, and they're just trying to find the, the, the dash and a replacement, but they're also trying to find someone who can do what Bergstahler did a few seasons ago. They need a striker who can score 15 goals, at least, um, to put themselves in a position where I think they're going to be, which is challenging for the promotion playoffs. At the very least, they're going to be in the mix. Um, departing for them, you know, the big one is Lucas Dashner and Lert Pacarada, but other than that, you know, they've gotten a lot better. In my opinion, the squad build-up is a lot stronger. And I think they're going to be very difficult to beat, especially at home. If they can be as dangerous away from home, then they're going to be really hard to beat. Kaiserslautern, on the other hand, well... It's been a very quiet window for them. They've looked to consolidate their squad. A bunch of the lone players they had in, like Robert Bournemouth and Nikolai Rapp, are not returning... Bournemouth ended up in Kaiserslautern. Not sure what's going to happen to Nikolai Rapp, but they've they've identified areas up the spine that they want to fix. It looks like they're going to change formation as well. Another team that's going to play three at the back this year. Uh, they bring in Jan Elvedi from Jan Regensburg as an option. Uh, Tumachal Puchas, the... I've absolutely butchered that. I really apologize. I'm going to get that right. Uh, from Union Berlin, he's a left back who can also play as a lead left midfielder. He's quite an attacking player. Um, and I think that he's definitely going to play a lot more than Henrik Zuck. They've also improved in midfield Tobias Reichel, who who I thought was quite good for Greta Furt last season, um, but just wasn't in the plans, I suppose, of what Alexander Zoniger wanted to do. He joins. I think he's going to be a very good fit for their midfield mix alongside uh, Nihus. So they're going to be a little bit... A little bit more solid in midfield. It begs the question of what they're going to do with Patrick Clement because it's not a system that really benefits a number 10. We know how good he is in the, the attacking force. We know that he's such a great creative player. But it's clear that with the way that they're going to set up, which for me looks like it'll be a 3-4-3 three, three, um, <clears throat> with a two number eights, there's not really a fit for him unless he can improve his defensive ability. There's just not a space for him in that team, in my opinion. So I'm not so sure where this Kaiserslautern team is going to be. They obviously want to avoid the dangers that come with the second season. We've seen it so many times where teams have have really good promotion years or they survive in the next season. They become extremely vulnerable to the threat of relegation. So 
they need to find another striker. That's the big thing for them heading into the heading into the season. Um, they were um, part of the AK um, discussions. I, I I just don't think they're strong enough um, in attack. And if Boyd goes down, which he did during pre-se- parts of preseason, uh, I don't think uh, Lubinger is is enough in terms of the squad build-up. So don't th- they're a bit unfinished in terms of how they want to finish how they want to look in the final third, but they should be okay. Um, we'll see in the early going that, you know, two very difficult games to start the season for them. All right, let me take a break. And on the other side, we're going to focus on the three promoted sides, those who gained, who uh, gained the notoriety of entering the Spider Bundesliga from the Drisseliga. And we're going to start with Esfel Elversburg's first game away from home at Hanover. There's always excitement when you have a new club for the first time enter the Spider Bundesliga and Elversburg at that. They were the champions of the Dritter Liga and they did so relatively convincingly. They may have gone through an incredibly difficult spell uh, towards the end of the campaign that put their championship ambitions on hold until the final match day. But they're an interesting club. They play in the, the smallest stadium in, in the league and they've got a really, you know, an interesting manager in Horst Stefan who has been at the club for a few years. He's developed them, he's built them up, and now he will get the opportunity to lead this team. What they will be hoping will be a survival season. Um, but talking to people within, they seem very confident that they can not only avoid relegation, but potentially be a team that mixes it with the midfield. And they get a team like Hanover to start up, away from home, a team that has a lot to prove. But we'll stick with Elversburg for a little bit. Uh, they're an interesting side because they don't have a lot of Swider Bundesliga experience. Uh, they did add a couple of players in Arne Sicker and Tim Boss. Both have got Swider Bundesliga experience at several clubs. But the interest is what they're going to do up front. Losing Nick Voltamata is a, is a, is a massive loss for them. He was a great distributor for them going forward and he's going to be quite difficult to replace they've added guys like uh, Joseph Boyomba uh, from 1860 Munich and Dominic Martinovic from Waldorf Mannheim who's a, an ex-Bayern junior the good thing about Martinovic in the Drizzt League in the three seasons he's played in that division um, he has scored 10 or more goals which is which is going to be massive for them so I like that they, they, they play very simple 4-4-2 formation. Uh, they can also d- divulge into a 4-3-3. Um, but they're a really interesting team. I think I think it's a good test for them to see where we think they're at against the Hanover side that was largely disappointing. But I'm, I'm really interested to watch them play in the Spider Bundesliga and see how they get on. Um, they they definitely play a very interesting brand of football. They want to be very attacking and aggressive, and let's hope. And then this goes for all three promoted teams. They don't uh, they don't kneel to the to the other teams, and they get ultra defensive or they change the way that they play purely because they've got promoted. So yeah, let's see how they go with Hanover. Well, tenth was disappointing for them. They expected a lot more. Um, from their first season under Stefan Lytle. So that's where I think expectations have definitely been tenured quite a bit. Some of their outgoing players, Maximilian Bayer returns to Hoffenheim, Sebastian Stolzer to, to Zanhausen. 
Henrik Vardant retiring, Sebastian Kirk was released. Um, some of their, their signings, some of them not particularly big names like Marius Vool. Uh, they were able to make the, the deal permanent with uh, Breed's RAMB. Uh, but but coming in, the, the, there is a focus on improving defensively. The biggest issue they had, especially in the Rookrunda where they lost, well, they were, un, they were winless in their, their first eight games, was in the back in that back they want to it seems like they want to play back three again and this is a theme throughout the season uh, throughout the teams is that there's gonna be a lot more teams with the back three having the two players out wide that that will play as midfielders who can also play as left backs if they or, or full backs if they need to revert to a back four um so they bring in brooklyn is there from from van Wiesbaden. he was superb in the relegation playoffs against i mean bielefeld they bring in Max Christiansen from from Fürth, someone that Lytle has worked with before um, in the year that they went to the Bundesliga. Very solid central midfielder, and and will will combine well with a with a Fabian Kunzer or or Max Bischuskov, depending on how they seem fit. Um, but the big one for them was signing Marcel Marcel Halstenberg from RB Leipzig. In that back three, he'll play as like the left centre back with um, with Neumann and we, we think it might be Array and Bay. It could be uh, Julian Berner. It's going to be one of those two guys with, with Neumann and Halstenberg. Very experienced player. I mean, he spent eight years at, at, at Leipzig. Understands what it means to be at a club that wants to win. Um, you know, this is not his first rodeo in the, in the division. He played at uh, St. Pauli before then. And yeah, one of the bigger, one of the more important signings for them in how they want to play. He's a versatile player, can play at the left back if if uh, Derek Kuhn or, or Brooklyn is is not available. Um, so he just brings them another dynamic that should help them. Now, is it going to help improve their ambitions of being a team that maybe challenges the top six? I don't think so yet. Um, it's very difficult to predict these things early in the season, but um, I just, yeah, I'm not so sure. I, I'm not convinced about the top half mix at the moment. I mean, Harvin Nielsen is a, is a solid player. Toykut was great. They've got Nikolai um, Tricoli as well. And they just, I don't know, maybe they feel like another attacker short for the way they want to play. Um, yeah, I, I would be interested to see how they, if they add any more pieces to the window, but they're, like they've got a good squad, they've got good squad mix. They're just not. I'm not. Bu- I'm not as bullish on them as as perhaps other people might be. Right. So the second team to gain promotion was Osnabrück, uh, and they host Karlsruhe for their opening game of the season. Osnabrück's promotion was won on the final match day when they scored twice in stoppage time against Borussia Dortmund, second side, um, and they return after a, a, a noticeable absentee. No Daniel Tune, of course, he's at Fortuna Dusseldorf. But they've got to be a Schweinsteiger who they signed when um, when Daniel Schoening went to Armenia Bielefeld. He was an assistant coach at Nuremberg. And to be fair, they, they actually got the better coach. And this is why Osnabrück are in the Bundes- the Bundesliga this season. And Armenia Bielefeld is playing Dritte League football. They've lost some key players, though, um, which is going to be problematic for them. You lose guys like Sven Kula. Uh, by Muka Simakalo, who's going to Holstein Kiel, I might try to Heidenheim, and you just—I'm a bit concerned about the way that they've built the squad coming into this season. I mean, they've got experience like Bash Kimaidini, 
Chalampos Marcritus coming in. Uh, they brought in Dave, Dave Nasser, Quasi Reitz, Maximilian Talhammer, uh, Christian Conte, who was in the Dritzer League last season at Dresden. And they've also brought in a goalkeeper in Leonard Grill, who is an interesting prospect. He hasn't played a lot of football recently. He's played 13 games in the last three seasons. That's in all competitions for Bayer Leverkusen and Union Berlin. It's a go- it's really hard for a goalkeeper who hasn't played a lot of football to to make it work. You have to be confident. You have to. You just need to play, um, and we see we see it so often where keepers second keepers become the first keeper at another club and. It takes them well. They, two things happen: they either you know they take to it like a duck to water, and, and they become a really good solid foundation to what the team wants to do, or they just don't work, and we don't see them play, and and no one's really happy in that situation. Whether it's going to be him or Philip Kuhn who starts on match day one, I I've lent lent towards Grill. I just think he just offers them a bit more in possession than than Kuhn, who who's a who's a fantastic shot stopper, but that's really. That's all his game has at the moment. So we'll see what happens. I think that it's going to be a really interesting mix for them. I, I I just can't see them not getting relegated at this time. Being that the league is so tight and you know two teams have to go down. And I think they are one of them, in my opinion anyway. But we shall see. Karlsruhe, on the other hand, well, they have high hopes. The stadium has finally been finished. And that joke can now go into the bin. Um... And even though they've lost some key players like Tim Breithaupt, for example, uh, they weren't able to re-sign uh, Mikael Kaufmann, and of course we've touched on Marius Gersbeck. They've made good signings to, to replace those players. You know, Patrick Druez, for example, um, Robert Bournemouth in the midfield, Dennis Burnich from Heidenheim, who will be hoping to, to make an impact. Uh, he really struggled to get into the first team last season and was really stuck to cameo appearances. But the big one that we're all talking about is Lars Stindl from Borussia Mönchengladbach. And he's 34. And we have to remember he's he's entering sort of the, the last years of his career. But he's still one of Borussia Mönchengladbach's best players last season. He was fantastic in in a season that was ter- was largely forgettable for them. And he just brings that dynamic. He can play as the number 10. They can chuck him up front with Fabian Schleusner. You know, they've got a really strong midfield mix with Paul Niebel, Marvin Vanitek, and Jerome Gondorf. Like, there's a lot to love about the team. Christian Eichner is a very good head coach. The three, the three full seasons he's had with them, they've finished 6th, 12th, and 7th. So, they, you know, based on those numbers, you'd think they're going to have a down year. But I, I'm bullish on them. I think they're going to be a real contender. Maybe not for automatic promotion, but they're in that mix for me with, with St. Pauli. And Paderborn and, and, and Magdeburg, two teams we'll touch on in the next section. So, yeah, I, I feel really good about what they've done in terms of squad build-up. And, and you know, I, I think in general, they're going to be a really difficult team to beat. And lastly, we're going to talk about VNV Spartan, who were the last team to go up. They, um, they host Magdeburg on the opening day of the season. These games are all Saturday afternoon games. Uh, we'll talk about Magdeburg first, and then we'll head to Wiesbaden. I, I really am in love with what Magdeburg have done over the, the summer window. I mean, losing uh, Moritz Quarteng and Andy, Andreas Muller, they're losses, but I think th- what they've improved upon is they've brought in players who are very much ready 
uh, to, to, to compete at this level. Guys like Xavier Amiichi, who, whose Hamburg spell was less than satisfactory. He just couldn't stay healthy. He was sent on loan to Bolton Wanderers, and he just never really got a good shot of it. And I think playing at a team like Magdeburg under Christian Tietz, he can be really dangerous playing on the left-hand side of that front three. And that's where I think they're going to be at their most dangerous because they have the versatility to play guys like Tatsuo Itu, who they made his deal permanent. Uh, Jason Checker was fantastic uh, playing on the right-hand side. And they love to have these two wingers who are in, inverted, you know, having who can also be very interchangeable. They play very flexible. And I think when they had Baris Attic as well, you add him to the mix, and he scored a wonderful goal. If you haven't seen it against Sevilla um, yesterday at the time of recording it, um, you know, you, you have a very versatile front three. They also add Ahmed Arslan from Holstein Kiel. He was on loan at Dresden last season. He was the Drizzleigas' top goal scorer. Um, but they've also got interesting players like Alexander Nolenberger, who they signed from Bayreuth, who was a very good attacking option for them, even though their season ended in relegation. Uh, Jonas Fabisch, who was the Hamburg second team captain. And Julian Polisbeck, who they bring in from Lyon, uh, Olympic Lyon. He will compete with Dominic Ryman if Tietz wants to have that sweeper keeper who's very involved in... The, the build-up play, you know, it's possible that those two are going to be competing for the number one throughout the season. It might be all dependent not just on form, but on how, you know, Teets wants to shot, to shape them up. And that sort of tactical flexibility in all kinds of positions puts them in a really good position, I think, to, to be the ultimate dark horse or the team that everyone should be keeping an eye on throughout the season. The only question mark for me on them is defensively. They gave up too many goals, 49 last season, um, which was just... And, and some of those games, they were just awful defensively. They, they've got to be a, a stronger unit. I mean, Daniel Haber was great when they brought him in midway through the the, uh, the, the winter. Um, but ultimately, they just got to be a stronger defensive unit. And if they can improve and be a little bit less risky in the way they set up defensively, I have no. There's no doubt in my mind that Magdeburg are going to be a team that everyone should be keeping an eye on this season. And now we should talk about Wiesbaden because they were the last team to guarantee their spot in the Zweite Bundesliga last season, beating Armenia Bielefeld 6-1 in the relegation playoff. They deserved their place. They did a fantastic job, and they put them to bed early with a 4-0 win in the first leg at home. Um... We already mentioned that Brooklyn Eze is gone. Uh, Amit Gurlayan as well, the centre-back, uh, is heading to Nuremberg. And they're really the two big players that have departed uh, Wiesbaden this season. They add Antonio Jonic, who we, we saw a couple of seasons ago at Erzgebirge Aue. Um, you know, they also bring in Marcus uh, Mattison. Keenan Bennett, who is most likely going to be the Eze replacement playing as that left midfielder who can who's going to have to play two ways, very attacking player, someone who's eager to get an opportunity at this level and be a consistent starter. And one player who I think is really interesting is uh, Hyunju Lee, joining on loan from Bayern Munich's second team. Uh, very young, very technically gifted player who can who, who's very suited to number 10 and, and the system that they've played successfully in Wiesbaden for quite a long period of time is that 3-4-1-2 
where you've got the number 10 behind the two strikers and it worked well in the playoffs. Bielefeld didn't really have a, a number for it. Um, so they've, they've proven against good opposition they can use a system that works. If they can, it's just a question of how consistently can they implement it. Magdeburg will actually be a really good test for them. Um, and there's a belief that actually systematically as a team that wants to, that will happily sit deep and then hit teams on the break, this actually might be a really good opening fixture for them um, in terms of how they want to play. To get a better understanding of what's happening in Wiesbaden throughout the preseason and what to look forward to this season, I spoke to striker and former Australian under-23 international John, well, John Idale about his hopes and ambitions things. for the upcoming campaign. No problem. It's nice to be here. Um, things are good. We're nearly towards the end of preseason, getting ready for the season to start. So um, we're on a good foot, and I'm looking forward to the new season. It is going to be interesting. First of all, welcome back after the hiatus of uh, not being in the Spider Bundesliga for a few seasons. What are you looking forward to for the upcoming campaign? Uh, personally, I'm looking forward to, to testing myself at the, at the next level. Um, I was there for a short period of time with Paderborn, um, and now uh, with Wiesbaden, we've really earned it as a team. So um, we're really excited to, to show ourselves uh, in the second Bundesliga. And as a club, we want to, to prove that we belong here and we have uh, brought in some great new players. So uh, we're very strong right now and uh, we're excited. That's the main thing. So are we. Um, how would you describe yourself as a player? Because we know you've played up front. We saw a wonderful uh, counter-attacking goal in the relegation playoff last season. Uh, what, what do you think uh, players who, oh, sorry, fans who mightn't have been able to see your football, what do you bring to the table? Um, I'm a fast striker. I like to go deep. Um, I don't normally like to, to pin my defender and receive the ball in the air. Um, I like would, would prefer to get the ball at feet and uh, use my speed to dribble at the defenders. Um, and I'm a really good threat in the box off uh, crosses um, in behind the defence. So that's, uh, that's what I bring and I bring goals most of all. I can back that. I can definitely back that. We just need you to, in a Socceroos jersey at some stage. That's that's what I want to see. I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah, I'm working on it. Um, I was up there in a camp, uh, Graham Arnold's first camp in charge a few years ago. And I've had a, a couple of injuries since then, a little bit unlucky. So, um, yeah, getting promoted last season and, and now playing in the second league is uh, putting me on the front foot. And uh, I want to make that a reality very soon. I hope so for your sake as well. There are many giants in the Spider Bundesliga this season. Which club are you most looking to take on? Um, personally, I'm I'm excited to take on uh, St. Pauli, obviously, because there's two Australian boys there with Irvine and Metcalf. Um, and I'm also looking forward to Dusseldorf and, and Schalke because their, their fan bases are quite unbelievable. So it uh, should be good games. I would agree with you. St. Pauli is an institution and the many St. Pauli fans who listen to this podcast will be thrilled that you've picked them first as um, as the team. You mentioned you have, you've been with Paderborn and, and obviously now with Wiesbaden for the last couple of seasons. What's been the noticeable difference in the way that each team kind of goes about it? Because, you know, Lukas Krasniok and then Marcus Kalczynski are quite different in terms of their managerial personalities. How have you, how, how did you find it when you started with Krasniok and then heading with Kalczynski? 
Yeah, it's um, it's not just the coaches, but it's the team environment. It's always different. Um, Paderborn, I came in there, and and uh, everybody was focused on I don't know going to the to the first Bundesliga. It was um, very put your put your head down and just just work type of environment. Um, Kozniak really likes to play his style of football, um, and he makes sure that he he has the players to play that. Um, and at, at Wiesbaden, we are in from my point of view a more uh, uh, family environment it's a very good team environment and um yeah we we like to to change the way we play a little bit compared uh, depending on what players we have on the field and i think we're quite flexible in doing that and um i'd say that that's the biggest uh, difference between the two of them interesting interesting and, and i think heading into this season you know Paderborn are again going to be thinking quite similar. What what are you, what are the expectations within the team? I mean, you you've just come out of the camp, the training camp in Austria. Where what's the headspace of Wiesbaden heading into the new year? I think from many people's point of view, from outside the squad, it's just staying in the league. But if you're part of the squad right now, you're seeing our results the last two games against Nordschland and um, SC Truden from. From uh, Belgium, I think we have a lot to, lot to give, and I think people are going to be surprised at how how much quality we're bringing to the second league this year. And um, I think we have a very good squad. Yeah, I I tend to agree. When Wiesbaden were in the league a couple of seasons ago, the the biggest noticeable uh, thing about their squad was the lack of depth and quality, and it wasn't really a surprise that they went down in the way that they did. Um, one final question before we go what are your personal goals for this season uh, hopefully we'll see a lot more first team starting action for yourself what 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 are your expectations for this season and, and what what would you like to achieve so i've um i've been uh, i've started a personal uh, training program throughout the preseason and uh, i'm really trying to push my body to the limits because i know Second league is just another level than the third league, and I want to be as ready as possible. Um, right now, I'm in a in a good space, and um, I want to be getting as many minutes as possible. And I'm doing that so far this preseason. I just want to continue that. Um, I want to to continue on building on my confidence, be more greedy in the box, um, and you know when that happens, you get more chances. And my my biggest uh, threat is scoring goals. So. Um, you know, I want to continue to provide that for Wiesbaden. And then ultimately, I want these performances at club football to attract the Socceroos call-up. So that's uh, what I want to get out of this season. Fantastic. John, you've been terrifically generous with your time. Best of luck for the new season. Uh, thank you very much. And thanks for having me. We'll certainly be keeping an eye on John's progress. And fingers crossed he can be wearing the famous green and gold some stage throughout the season. We'll take our final break. And on the other side, we'll look at the Group 3 games all the games that we played on Sunday afternoon. And we are going to start with Greta Fürth and Paderborn. Greta Fürth will be hoping to improve from the previous campaign. They finished in mid-table and it was a less than satisfactory end to what was a very disappointing start to the season. This will be Alexander Zornica's first full season in charge of De Klebat. And they will be hoping that the luck of the Irish, or the Shamrock even, will mean that they will move up the table for the new seasons. 
They've lost some key players heading into the new campaign. Ragnar Ake is returned to Eintracht Frankfurt. Now, he could still come to Fürth, or he may end up at another side of Bundesliga club. That's yet to be determined at the time of recording this. We've already mentioned Tobias Reichel, Jeremy Dudziak are gone. Neil Zoifert is gone. Marco Jorn, his loan ended at Hoffenheim. He may also be in the Swider Bundesliga uh, at a later date. They were able to keep Lukas Petkov for another loan deal. They added Kerem Chononoglu from Schalke. He plays left back. He's the Jorn replacement. Uh, but they also added guys like Dennis Sabini, Jamon Konsbrucker, uh, but also very talented young players like Tim Lempele, Robert Wagner, and Jonas Ulbig. Ulbig is 19 and, and was very good at, at uh, Jan Regensburg. He was meant to be there for this season as well, but their relegation meant that Köln weren't interested in him playing Dritzliga football. I think he's going to start the first game of the season. Um, against Paderborn at 19, he's got lots. He's shown great potential to be a very strong goalkeeper not even at, not just at this level but in the the Bundesliga as well as a top tier goalkeeper I think they're still a mid-table team at the moment there's a lot to improve on defensively it's okay it's all about finding a, a mix that will ensure that it's not just Branimir Hogota doing everything that's the big thing for them and if they can find a way to get more players involved then then they're a chance of at least being on the precipice of it, of the top six. As you can see, there's a lot of teams that could be in the mix, um, but who will actually be there come the end of the season, we shall find out. Paderborn, on the other hand, well, it's clear that they want promotion. Um, they may have missed the boat last season, similar to teams like Fortuna Dusseldorf, um, but the players that they've signed in in replacement of those who, are, who have left, those like uh, Julian Justvan, Marvin Piringer, uh, Ron Schallenberg, who we've mentioned. And they also let uh, Jasper van der Werf go on loan to Hansa Rostock. But those coming in, you know, Philip Bilbier, uh, they get to keep Maximilian Rohr as well. Uh, Kimberley Ezequim. But the big one, alongside David Kintombi, of course, was Max Kruser, who joins as a free agent. He hasn't played any professional football since October. And it was a weird signing, the fact that it happened. There was the thought he might go to a club with bigger finances, like a, like a Hanover. Um, but it was a great surprise that he joined Paderborn, and I think he's a really good fit for what they want to do. Um, another team that is quite tactically versatile, We we as we heard from John before, that they like to play... You know, they want to play one way but they do have players who can mix it up a bit and I think with Cruiser there's definitely some you know there's definitely someone who could easily go you know score 10 goals and have 10 assists or something along those lines I think it's a it could be an inspired so it could be an inspired signing uh but it also could be a trainer we saw that his last in at Wolfsburg uh it wasn't pretty um and it was there was a reason why he ended up leaving quite quickly so we'll see I think there's a lot of optimism around Paderborn I think they're a top six side um, but I'm not sure they've got enough to be a side that could challenge for a top two right this is where we get a bit interesting because we're going to talk about two sides who were the worst attacking sides in the Spider Bundesliga last season Hansa Rostock and Nürnberg equaled with only 32 goals 
last season, and they will be both hoping to be significantly better than they were last time out. Let's start with uh, Rostock first. They've made a lot of signings. They have addressed the fact that they need a lot of help in the attacking end, um, and as well as the defense. The defense wasn't particularly great, but under Alias Schwartz, they won five of the last six games to end the season, but there's got to be an acknowledgement that the following season with Zanhausen, they started terribly and he got sacked midway through last season. Players they brought in with Swider Bundesliga experience, Sapreet Singh, Yannick Bachmann, who was at Zanhausen under, under Schwartz, as well as Christian Kinsombi. We've already mentioned Jasper van der Werf. Um, but also Sebastian Vassiliadis, who joins for Armenia Bielefeld, as does Oliver Husing. Husing was at Rostock uh, many seasons ago, and that was really the, the catalyst of his upward trajectory as a footballer uh, before joining Heidenheim and then it kind of falling down in Bielefeld. So he's on the redemption path. They've got some interesting players. Another team that will be playing that sort of three-at-the-back system. And I could see um, Husing along with Rosbach, and uh, and and probably now Van der Werf. I, I had Meissner in the mix, but I think Van der Werf's a really good defender who just found himself on the outer at Paderborn, and I think he's a really good fit for what they want to do. They did lose some key players in the window: Lucas Fruda and uh, Ryan Malone, both going to Ingolstadt, taking taking the bag. But also, they you know it's part of the squad profile. They want to get a little bit younger. They also lose guys like uh, Frederick Ananu, Anderson Lukoki heads back on loan. But the big one for them was losing Rick Van Drongelen. Uh, who returned to Union and now is going to be playing in Turkey. He was a big win for them when they when he when he was fit, um, and I think um, yeah, I I'm, I think they're in the same position as they were last season. They'll be in that bottom six. Uh, it's just a question of can they find someone? Can can a Kai Porga or can Lucas Hintz here? Um, are they able to to be a lot more of a goal scoring threat than they were last season? Because Porga, you know, he scored. Nearly a third of the goals for um, for Hansa last season, and they just need someone to come along with him. And we saw guys like Niels Fruling, for example, who um, was 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 solid under Schwartz, and you've got Svante Engelsen as well. So they have options. That they're definitely a better squad than they were last season. It's just you know how much better are they in terms of table progression? I'm not so sure. I I think they're kind of where they are at the moment, but they've improved. They're, 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 you know, with teams around them improving, they've also made the gains to ensure that they, they won't fall behind. Nuremberg, on the other hand, well, they're one of two sides that have got a new head coach heading into this season. Uh, Christian Fiel, who was the under-23 head coach last season. He's been there for a couple of seasons, but he was the assistant manager under Dieter Hacking. He gets a second chance at this level. He'll be hoping that he spends a lot longer than 28 games Uh in all competitions that he did at Dinamo. Uh, they've also identified they've got to score goals. So they brought in Daichi Hayashi, Hayashi um, from Belgium, as well as Kanji Okonuku, Okonuki? Okonuki from Amir Ardija uh, in the J League, in the J2 League. Uh, he's been on loan in Poland. They also made a bunch of loans permanent with Yanis Horn uh, and Jens Kastrop. They also add Ivan Marquez for the defense. Um, and recently, they, they signed uh, Joseph Hungbo from uh, from Watford, who was really impressive in their last preseason game. And it's a good chance he starts. Um, I had Benjamin Gola on the right-hand side in my preview. Um, but I think Hungbo might be a better option for them on the right-hand side. Uh, some of the departures, 
you know, they're, they're still hopeful they can sign Florian Flick. Um, but that's kind of dragging out at the moment. Uh, Eric Shurinov goes to Maccabi Haifa. They lose Templeman, who's gone to Schalke. Um, and Kwadwo Dua is heading off to Ludogorets, and they got a nice little pay packet for him. And you know, they so so they, they've they've created another issue here that they need another they need a striker who can replace his production. He again was their top scorer last season, and, and if they can if Hayashi can be that guy, maybe Daferna, um can you know improve? Well, hope for for, for Nenberg's sake will improve drastically from last season. Um, you know they sent Manuel Vinsheimer to Bielefeld, so yeah, they're, they're a bit of an interesting team. I, I'm a bit concerned. I don't think there's they're um they're a team that you can trust. Um, but yeah, well, I think we'll get an early indicator um, against Hansa and then Hanover, um, but and before the cup game, see where they're at. But yeah, I'm not I'm not sold sold on Nuremberg at the moment. And lastly, Eintracht Braunschweig and Holstein Kiel is the final game. Uh, Braunschweig also have a new coach. They had Mikkel Schieler, who saved them. They gave him that extension until 2025, and then they sacked him in favor of Jens Hartl. Um, you know, despite having a really decent record at this level, yeah, they're not going to be a, a team you'd want to watch all the time. I, I just not, I'm not convinced about where they're going. They've made some interesting signings: Sebastian uh, Griesbeck, Marvin Rittmuller. Um, you know, as well as Kant Kaliskana bring that Spider Bundesliga experience. They bring back Kater Endo from Union Berlin. He's going to have to play a much bigger role with the departure of Emmanuel Farai. The addition of uh, Ryan Philippe um, from from Luxembourg is a really interesting one. He scored I think 32 goals and had 26 assists. Um, but this is obviously a massive step up for him. You know, this is someone who was uh, playing at Dijon in the French League and, and someone who's clearly looking to rebuild his career. They've also got a bunch of young players they've brought in, like Yusuf Aim from uh, Feyenoord and Sidi Sane, the brother of Leroy from Schalke's second team. So, uh, But some of their departures, you know, they, they let Brian he- uh, Brian Henning walk to Victoria Kuhn. Um They weren't able to keep Yasma, uh, sorry, Manuel Winsheimer. And to be fair, that was probably not a, the worst thing for them. He didn't really feature too much towards the end of the season. How they line up defensively is going to be interesting because Philip, uh, Philip Benkovic was their best defender last season by quite a significant way in, in the central areas. Um, and, you know, they'll probably play a back four under Hartle and... Yeah, I, I'm not convinced about what they've done at the moment. I mean, Robert Ivanov is going to be probably one of their starters. I would suspect it'll be Ivanov and Griesbeck will, will lead the line, but they've still got guys like Kurike and and, and uh, Briant Baron. So they, they've got options, but I just don't think it's a particularly strong team. And uh, going much like last season, there was the thought that they, they probably are a candidate for relegation and not a lot has really changed my mind on that. Kiel, on the other hand, they seek consistency and continuity. It was a topsy-turvy season for them last time out. They finished in you know eighth place, and they 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 honestly their best and worst could go either way this season. Uh, the departures are quite massive in in <coughs> Finn Bartles um, and Fabian Riza, as well as Halkaval leaving. They let Quasi Riet go on loan to Osnabrück, and Ahmed Arslan they let him go to Magdeborg. See if that comes back to bite them. But they've got some interesting signings. I, I really like Simon Kala 
Um, it's a very Kiel-esque signing. They bring in uh, uh, Marco Ezevic, uh, Carl Johansson to, to, uh, to improve the defense. But some interesting young players like Tom Rutter from Borussia Dortmund, um, as well as uh, Nikolai Remberg from Prussian Munster. He played Regional Liga last season, um, but was a big part of their promotion um, push to the Drissliga. But I think the signing that a lot of us are really interested in watching is Shuto Machino, the striker from Shonan Belmar in the J-League. He had eight goals, nine goals. I discredit him. Nine goals last season, or this current season in the J-League. That included a four-goal performance against Gamba Osaka. Um, and you can see that now, knowing that he's departing, Bel uh, Shonan are currently bottom of the J-League, but they were already, already in trouble with him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. It looks like, from what we've seen in preseason, he will line up alongside Benedict Pickler. And they looked quite dangerous um, in terms of the combination play and, and playing off each other. So I think they're really, they could be a really exciting team. I just I don't know if they can address the fact that they were out of the teams that didn't go down last season. They had the, the worst defensive record with 61 goals conceded. Um so yeah, that's the big issue for me. I think if they haven't addressed the defensive errors, it could be another one of those campaigns where they could easily score 60 goals, but they're going to concede the same amount. So they, they'll, look, if, if, if there was like a, a, a Swider Bundesliga league pass like there is in uh, in the NBA, I, I would say Kiel would be one of those teams to watch because something entertaining is bound to happen. And before my voice disappears, that's enough for, for this episode. Uh, we'll, I'll be back next Monday, and we'll have a co-host for that one, and I'll, you guys will know uh, when that time comes, when we review all the action from the opening match day of the Spider Bundesliga season. Thank you so much for being a part of it, uh, and we look forward to having your company again when the Spider Bundesliga returns.